0: Welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, why not check out our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Thank you, Cap. Hello. It's great to see you all here today, and it's great to see everyone online joining us too, or watching on a catch-up recording. Um, my name is Mike, as has been mentioned. Uh, I'm one of the uh, youth leaders here at Birmingham Vineyard, Um, and actually I had the privilege of taking our church youth, or most of them, away for a week's camping a couple of weeks ago, Dreaming the Impossible. That was a fantastic time. Um, If you want to see God doing amazing things with young people, then get involved in youth work, because it's just awesome. And it was brilliant seeing them growing in their relationships with Jesus, as well as growing in their relationships with each other. And that's great, because that's what we're talking about today. That's where we've got to in our series in Proverbs. We've had some tremendous teaching already through the series, looking at God's wisdom for all sorts of areas of our lives, of work, money, generosity, speech, temptation. Today, we're going to look at an area where we all need God's wisdom, wisdom and grace. Relationships. And as we talk about this this morning... We're walking into some areas that might be quite sensitive. We're going to talk about some things that may be quite tough. Proverbs talks about wisdom, but it also talks about foolishness. And we're going to talk about what great relationships can be, but also what broken ones look like and what God wants to do. So maybe that's going to touch some people here. Relationships. So we'll start, as I'm sure you immediately went in your minds, with cycling. Because... I've started cycling to work this summer. Probably not the best timing given the waves of heat that have been crashing across Birmingham, but I'm giving it a go. Now, don't worry, this is not about to be some massive pro cycling enthusiast rant by some lean athlete. Yeah, I've only just started. It takes a while to work, I've been told. Have you got the library yet? Absolutely not. <laughs> No, I'm I'm just wearing wrecked shorts, a really bad T-shirt, and and more sweat than you ever want to know about. It's bad. In in fact, my cycling is less of a a graceful glide or an energetic commute. It's more of a slow plot, uh, especially on the hills. I'm not a fan of hills. I do not go very fast. There does have some benefits, though, because I get to notice stuff as I'm pedalling along. I mean, sometimes I spot a fox or a heron as I'm going along the canal paths, or sometimes a rat. But part of my route takes me through the 64 acres of the Yardley Cemetery. And there's a bit of a hill as well, so I slow right down. In fact, I go slow enough to spot some of the inscriptions on the gravestones as I'm going past. Not read all of them, but sort of words jump out at you as as you're cycling through. In fact, cycling past hundreds of gravestones every day, some words really start to hit. Now, I haven't done a scientific count, but from what I can see, the most frequently occurring words that we choose to carve onto stone when we're thinking about someone who's passed away, at that moment of sadness and pain, the words that are written are mother, Brother, sister, father, daughter, husband, wife, son, or friend. Almost every gravestone has at least one of those words on it. Some of them have several. In some of the toughest moments in life, when pain and sadness fill our world, the memories we reach for and want to commemorate seem to be our relationships, not our jobs or our achievements or our bank balance, not what we did, but who we were and how we connected to other people. The book of Proverbs has got loads to say about relationships. I mean, seriously, lots. We are not about to go through every proverb about relationships because we'd be here till the picnic. Have a look. Go and dig in and look at a few yourself. In fact, actually, you find that almost all of them at some point are talking about a relationship between people or between us and God. It's a brilliant book to go to, to find that wisdom. So I encourage you to do that digging. Not necessarily just sit down and read it from Proverbs 1 verse 1 to Proverbs 31 verse 31 straight through. That's actually a bit of a mission. But but, but do look at the wisdom God has in that book for whatever's happening in your life at the moment. Where does he want to speak to you? You probably already know quite a lot of proverbs about relationships, especially if you're a parent. If you're a parent, you've probably been quite tempted to quote some of them sometimes. I don't know, things like, uh, listen to your father's instructions or do not forsake your mother's teaching. I can imagine those can be quite handy at times. But there are Proverbs about almost every kind of relationship. We'll do a few very, very quickly. Work relationships are talked about in Proverbs. Proverbs 10 verse 26 says, I love this, like vinegar to teeth or smoke to the eyes, so are the lazy to their employers. Oh, I like that. Or, or there's stuff in there about friends. I like Proverbs 16 verse 28. A perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. Or, or one of my favourites is talking about our neighbours. It's Proverbs 27 verse 14, it says, if anyone loudly blesses their neighbour early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. <laughs> that's wisdom there, that's, that's what we're talking about. So I love that, it's very practical wisdom. As someone who is not a mourning person, I understand where that's coming from. So Proverbs does speak into very specific circumstances, but I think there's also some themes that run across the book that you could gather uh, the Proverbs together under. We're going to look at three of those possible themes. I think three of the things that Proverbs is saying are that relationships matter. I think it's saying choose carefully. I think God's saying to us in Proverbs, exercise grace. So let's have a look at those. The first one, relationships matter, may seem really obvious to you. For a lot of my life, it wasn't obvious to me. You see, I can get very focused. And I spent years where my focus was on my work, my career, my job title. I wanted senior roles. I wanted to take decisions and make things happen at work. My relationships had to fit in round the edges, in the bits of space and time that were not already taken up with meetings and papers and reports and business trips and yet another urgent phone call in the middle of the night. Now, I'm married to Rachel. Uh, She was an engineer and a senior manager as well. So our typical day involved getting up far too early rushing a cup of tea as breakfast, and then heading out to commute to work for about an hour each, usually in opposite directions. We'd work straight through till six, seven, eight o'clock at night, trek another hour back home, rush something for an evening meal, usually not at the same time because we'd arrived at different stages, crashing out on the sofa for a bit and then going to bed to sleep until the alarm clock kicked the whole thing off again the next day. Now, don't worry, we were very happy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. um, and we did manage to do lots of stuff that wasn't work but that level of busyness and squeezing our relationship into the time around that was left around our work for us was normal even up to just a few years ago now a few things happened to change that but one of them was the covid lockdowns suddenly We were at home all day, every day. No commute, no travel. We got to do something we hadn't done in nearly 25 years of marriage. We had lunch together. We'd never done that before. Well, we can't. I was an hour that way, she was an hour that way. Suddenly we had lunch together every day. Do you know what? We really enjoyed it. Just sitting in the garden, having a simple lunch, enjoying the weather, having a bit of a chat, it was great. We weren't exhausted, we weren't rushing off to something else. Strengthening our relationships helped us through all sorts of the challenges that happened in our lives, which included family and work and all sorts of other stuff as well. More recently, I've been out doing city pastor shifts, as we've mentioned already, Do come and talk to me about that afterwards. We're recruiting, we're training again in September. Plug over. Um, And I was on City Passes just up the road in the Southside a couple of weeks ago. And we'd stopped and we're talking with a man uh, who was lying on the pavement. Um, He was dirty. His clothes were old, they were torn. Uh, He'd been sick on the pavement and on himself. And he smelled pretty bad. It's not in a good way. He was struggling to even sit up Uh, and was very slurred and very confused. We spent half an hour, 45 minutes with him, uh, checking he was okay making sure he wasn't hurt, trying to look after him, but also talking with him, listening to his story. And he told me his name, Steve, and he said he'd been sleeping rough for years. I asked, is there anything we can pray for you? And he said, I'm not worth it. But could you pray for my granddaughter? Oh, of course yeah. I'd love to pray for your granddaughter Steve, but but really, is there nothing that I can pray for you as well? What would you like God to do for you? Now, I was expecting Steve to say something about money or a place to stay, or or maybe I'd hoped he'd say that he wanted me to pray that God would break his his addiction to alcohol or or, or whatever it was that he was using. What he turned round to say was just. I'm so lonely. Proverbs 18.24 says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. And Proverbs 17.17 17 says, a friend loves at all times. Steve felt abandoned, isolated and alone in the midst of so many practical Physical needs and issues, he craved relationship. Relationships matter. And choosing the right relationships really matters. Look at that phrase there unreliable friends, it said, one who has unreliable friends. That's part of the encouragement that goes the whole way through the book of Proverbs that we choose carefully. Back at the turn of the century, I started a new job. And it was about the same time Rachel and I started coming to Birmingham Vineyard. At this church, I had the opportunity to build relationships with wise friends. People who could speak God's truth into my life and teach me more about Jesus. I've had the privilege of knowing wise teachers and friends like Adam Pipe, Bill Dixon, Andrew McNeil, as well as many others in this church for decades. And that's brilliant. Proverbs tells us to walk with the wise to become wise. Walk with the wise to become wise. Another proverb says that we sharpen each other the way that iron sharpens iron. We help each other grow in the wisdom of God. It's brilliant. But at the same time we started here at Vineyard, I was starting a new job. Now, this was a high-pressure sales role, one of those things, tiny salary, massively geared onto commissions. So it's all about serious stress, making calls, finding leads, closing deals, sell, 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 all the time. Now, there was a lot of money to be made in this job, but a massive amount of pressure on everyone to achieve and perform in an environment which I can look back on now, and say was aggressive, was bullying, and was destructive. So the people working there found ways to cope. That's what you do. When I started, I mean, I was astonished at the behaviour, the amount that people drank, how openly they would talk about or even use drugs at work, and the constant gossip about who was sleeping with who in the office. I was sad And I was genuinely shocked and repelled by these things. At first, over time, because I worked there for some years, over time, those behaviours became less shocking. They became less repellent. Slowly, they started to feel normal. Because that's what was around me all day. Every day. We don't always realise just how much impact the people around us have on our lives and our values. I was slipping into a mindset where I was vulnerable to making some very bad choices indeed. And I was failing to be a friend to the people I work with just at a point when they really needed it. The proverb says, walk with the wise And become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. The wisdom and the foolishness. It was the wisdom of wise friends that reminded me that this was not the way God wants us to live. Struggling to find relationship and comfort in anything other than him. It was God's wisdom that helped me turn down the opportunity to stay in that job. And the opportunity was to make very serious money And instead, God helped me just walk away, trusting him to have a better plan for my life. So we've looked at the importance of relationships and and why we should choose them carefully. So let's have a think about this third theme throughout Proverbs, uh, the, the idea of exercising grace. We just sang about grace as an ocean, so let's explore this idea of exercising the ocean of grace by talking about sailing. That's the obvious place to go. Um, Proverbs 17 verse 9 says, whoever would foster love covers an offence, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Let's get into a boat. I love sailing. I love anything that floats, frankly, and has a sail in it I'm there. When I was a teenager, I learned to sail little dinghies. And more recently, I've done some courses and got some qualifications to be able to sail bigger yachts. In fact, we did those courses as a family. Rachel and I went together. My dad came along, my brother and my sister-in-law. And we'd typically be on a yacht for four or five days with an instructor doing all sorts of sailing-y things, practicing tying knots and navigating, practicing man overboard drills and trying to sail the boat at night. I yeah, loved it. At the end of one of these courses, we're all sitting around and we're saying nice things to the instructor, thanking them for their patience and expert tuition, the sort of thing that you do, and the instructor said something that really caught me out. He said, you know, I've really enjoyed running this course. I didn't think I was going to. When I looked at the booking form, I really wasn't looking forward to this week. What do you mean? Well, the booking form had a long list of names, all with the same surname. None of us instructors like working with a family. (laughs) Why not? Because families are always messy. You need to be able to give a clear instruction like ready about, or tighten the sail, or simply pull the green rope. And the crew do it. With families, pull the green rope, seems to turn into, tidy your room, get your hair cut, and I've never approved of your boyfriend. (laughs) Something like that. It all just gets in the way. (laughs) (laughs) Families are always messy. It all just gets in the way. Is that God's plan for our lives? Is is that how he wants us to live together as families, as friends? No. Whoever would foster love covers an offence, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Are we carrying around the baggage of old hurts and disagreements with our families and friends? And do we add to that baggage by going over the event again and again, repeating the matter, driving more separation into our relationships until we reach the stage where a simple comment or question triggers a lifetime of pain and offence? Friends, we have to exercise grace and put down this baggage. Our failure... To Exercise God's grace and pass these burdens to Jesus ends up poisoning relationships and makes even the simplest tasks all but impossible. This happens in churches, in, sorry, in families, it happens between friends, and it happens in churches. I mentioned at the start that I'm a youth leader, I'm also one of the trustees of Birmingham Vineyard Church, and it was as a trustee I had the pleasure of being invited to sit in on a trustee meeting for another organisation, because they're having a few problems. So, so I sat and listened to the meeting, and the problems seemed I mean, pretty normal stuff, really. A budget was a bit late, and the reports weren't that great. The leader needed a bit more support from the trustees, and what I'd say, staffing issues? I mean, that sort of stuff. Now, these are all things that need to be sorted out, but none of them are a disaster. Except there was this huge elephant in the room. Nobody was talking about it, but it was right there blocking any sensible discussion about these issues or any agreement or cooperation to work on the stuff that needed to be sorted out. Every conversation about the budget was trying to sort of slide round the trunk of this huge thing or, or, or squeeze underneath its belly in, in order to be heard. The elephant, the relationship between the leader and the trustees, was broken. And I mean really broken. They simply did not trust one another. While everyone was worrying about the budget and the reports, no one was talking about the relationship. How do you agree a budget with someone if you don't trust them? How do you support and help someone if they don't trust you? Without God's grace, our relationships break and we carry the baggage and hurt into everything that we do. How can we work together if we're encumbered by the baggage of unforgiven wrong? How can we shake hands with our friends if our hands are full of unresolved grievances? How can we hug a brother or a sister if our arms are full of the burden of unhealed hurt. We must leave our baggage, our hurt, our pain at the cross. We must foster love to cover the offence. If we want to help carry one another's burdens, we must exercise grace. A few minutes ago, I mentioned Proverbs 18.24, but we only talked about the first half of it. So we'll have another look at it. The whole Proverbs says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A friend who sticks closer than a brother. A friend who walks with us, who guides us, comforts us, journeys through life with us every step of the way. Proverbs was written about 700 years before Jesus was born, and it's pointing us straight at him. In John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 15, Jesus says, I have called you friends. Jesus is the friend who loves at all times. Jesus is the wisest person we can walk with to become wise. Jesus is the ultimate love that covers our offences. Jesus is the friend who sticks closer than a brother? Have you asked him to walk with you? Talking today about relationships may have been tough for some of you. We may have looked at situations where you're carrying pain or hurt. We would love to pray with you. For some of us, families are a difficult place. And mentions of words like father or mother carry all sorts of negative connotations and even terrible memories. We would love to pray with you. Maybe some of, some of us have a broken relationship that we fear can never be fixed. My mum died three years ago this weekend, so it's too late for me to talk to her. Any pain or hurt I'm carrying, I need to bring to Jesus. Jesus. If you're in that situation, we would love to pray with you. When we were worshipping earlier, we sang how he loves us, how he loves us. And then Mark changed it. How he loves me. I think there are some people here today who struggled to sing that line. You're okay about saying God loves us, but it's hard to sing he loves me. If that's you, we would love to pray with you this morning. Now, if you don't want any prayer when we come to the ministry, then take a moment and ask God to say, who in your world could use some wise friendship at the moment? If you want prayer for anything we've talked about today or anything else where you need God's support or healing, then come forward in the ministry time. Or if you're online, click and connect with the prayer team. There are people online who'd be happy to pray with you. And especially come forward or connect online if you've heard that offer of Jesus, to be a friend who sticks closer than a brother and you'd like to accept that offer for the first time. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. Why not come along and visit us? We gather at three services across two sites on a Sunday and meet during the week in small groups across the city. More information on both of these can be found on our website.